0: Hello and welcome to 110% Improvability, the show that's all about you and the business you're in. I want to start this, our last episode of season one, by saying thank you to all of our listeners who provided us with feedback. Thanks to that feedback, we are going to make season two a little bit more specific with some very interesting themes uh, going across a number of episodes. So thank you again for all the people that have written in or who have uh, uh, given us some verbal feedback. I'd like to end the season with a rather controversial topic. I'm going to tell you that my opinion is equally as invalid as yours. That's right. Our opinions are pretty much invalid. Unless they are backed up by some form of learned experience and training. It's become interesting in this era of social media that everyone seems to think that just because they can have a voice that their voice is just as valid as somebody else's. Now, when it comes to social interaction or how you feel about something, that probably is true. When it comes to areas where there is a technical side to it, whether that's accounting, whether that's mathematics, whether that's project management or engineering or any of these sorts of areas, an opinion is nowhere near as valid as learned experience. I'd also add to that that learned experience is not the same as a qualification. Now, I can buy a qualification. I can go on the internet now and go and get qualified in several things, I'm sure. A qualification is useful. But the learned experience of actually having gone through something, of actually having to learn how to, how to complete something and how to get results is vastly more important than any piece of paper and certainly more valid than your opinion that you've picked up by watching a YouTube video or hearing something uh, pre- presented on a podcast even. There are a couple of really interesting and funny examples uh, that I've come across. Uh, One where uh, a friend was driving along uh, through the British countryside and uh, was driving his grandmother. When his grandmother looked out the window and saw some, uh, some of the new windmills that had been produced to produce electricity, she smiled, turned to her grandson and said, Well, they're very pretty, but don't you think it's a waste of electricity? The grandson was kind of taken aback by that and said well what do you mean and his grandmother said well um aren't they decorative see it's quite excusable to be able to say uh yeah that that's an that's a mistake that anybody could make if they weren't uh, across uh the, the idea that windmills are there to help produce electricity it's a lot more excusable than the person who wrote into a newspaper saying that they were very concerned with the waste of electricity that an electric electric windmill would would produce if the wind turned around and it suddenly started spinning the other way because they were very concerned that perhaps it would start sucking electricity out of the grid. Now, we can chuckle at these sort of of things and assume that uh, it must be just a meme, but actually these things have occurred, and this occurs often in our daily lives. I guess the biggest difficulty is that we all believe that our opinion is correct. I do it as well. Uh, I'm not saying I'm any better than anyone else. We all think that just because we believe something, that must be true. We don't always rely on evidence, and we don't always look at uh, other ways of being able to validate whether that opinion is true, whether it is valid. So we build up this idea That just because we believe that we are the best person to do our job, or that uh, uh, the way we think about the world is the only way to think about the world, that we build that into some form of fact, even though it has no basis of evidence. You'll see examples of this in recent job advertisements. Hiring managers seem to have the opinion that the only people that can uh, be good at their roles are people that have worked in that one industry all of their lives. It comes across usually in areas uh, where we've hired the same people we've always hired. And so we've now got groups of people who think exactly the same uh, and who've only learned from the experience of having worked in their one industry. It's one of the, the things I guess I, co- I complain about a little bit when it comes to government recruitment or when it comes to large corporates who say, we must have uh, people with government experience to do this brand new thing that we've never done before. Well, Why? Why do you need that kind of experience? What you really need is learned experience in whatever you're doing. If you're trying to negotiate a legal contract, it's probably a good idea to get a lawyer. If you need to build a bridge, it's probably a good idea to get an engineer. If you're trying to run a project, it's probably a good idea to get someone with experience in running and completing successfully projects. It doesn't mean they have to have experience in government or banking or uh, any of these sorts of environments. If you remember way back, there was a time when you didn't have experience in your industry. So it is possible to be able to teach people how to navigate the cultural side of a business. Now, I'm not saying it's always the best way of doing it that way, but if you've got a technical outcome you're trying to get to, it's not a good place to start by simply uh, eliminating people with those technical skills. Whenever you've got an important decision to make, it's often good to get somebody else to validate it. And by that, I don't mean... People who you always go to, the same people in your team or your environment because they often think the way you do. It's helpful potentially to go to an industry association or to people in other teams. Think of that person that always irritates you in meetings because they don't always agree with you. Actually, this is a great way of helping to mend some of those bridges you might have uh, you might be needing to fix uh, in your working environment by going to them and asking them for their views because they th- obviously think differently toward the way that you do. By doing so, you're not just getting opinion, you're now starting to get other views uh, that help you shape a more uh, solid argument. There's a really big difference between hearing different views and then being able to create your argument than there is from hearing the same argument presented several times, and it's essentially one argument from different mouths. If you're encountering others who you think are presenting opinion rather than fact, Uh, I got a great lesson from a manager I had at a recent uh, company I work for uh, who used to often start conversations uh, in response to things that I've said with, oh, that's interesting. Help me understand how that works. Help me understand how that would play out. And those sorts of questions worked really, really well because then it forced me to have to think through, how would I explain this to people? Have I got a basis of evidence that supports what I'm trying to present without it? what you have is opinion. This method was a really good way of being able to challenge what I was saying without saying that it was wrong, and certainly without making me feel bad about what I was saying. Uh, in fact, it gave me the opportunity to reframe my argument uh, in such a way that could even be more convincing. So I really did appreciate that uh, that particular manager. Uh, thanks very much, Eldon, if you're listening. And while opinion might be useful when trying to determine what movie you might want to see or what restaurant you might want to go to tonight, it probably isn't a good way to be selecting team members or trying to determine which business outcome makes the most sense for you. So remember, your opinion, my opinion, they're all equally as invalid as each other unless they're supported by some form of evidence that quite often is useful to come from your own learned experience. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this first season of 110% Improvability. We hope you're all going to come back and listen to season two that will be starting shortly and welcome any feedback from anyone uh, to help us build a much better show or to try and help answer any questions you may have. 110% Improvability is a production of Improvability Proprietary Limited, a business focused on improving your performance through people, process, and projects. If you want to contact Improvability, please do so on 1-300-246-943 or send them an email on info at improvabilitysolutions.com or check out their website www.improvabilitysolutions.com.